Shalom family. This is Ava's daughter back with another edifying episode. So we are still rolling on this subject of interracial relationships. So in part three, we went over Samson being the exception to the rule that Abba has placed for his people. Okay. Samson was used as a weapon and that is why he was not keen on wanting any woman of his own race so now let's talk about our papa king solomon he was a rolling stone wasn't he y'all know the story he had 700 wives and 300 concubines lord have mercy never understand that one but we're going to expound on his situation because, see, King Solomon, I'm going to give you a little background on our grandfather, okay? King Solomon was the most wisest man in the world. There has never been anyone more wiser than him before him nor after, okay? So he holds the Guinness World Record of being the most wisest man in the whole entire world. So when he was young, he came into rule he went ahead and he offered over a thousand sacrifices to Abahaya, which pleased the lord so much that he visited him and asked him what he wanted what he desired now solomon could have asked for anything right he could have asked for riches he could have asked for forever young king young he could have asked for forever being a king he could ask for anything but the one thing he asked for, Abba was so pleased with this request that the Lord gave him all this stuff anyway. So King Solomon had asked the Lord for wisdom to govern his people. Hallelujah. I ain't gonna lie. That's the best request ever because, you know, it, it's, it's definitely a fact. It's, it's a proven statistical fact that over... 85 to 90 percent of people are followers and it's unfortunate but it's true so they do have to have a leader somewhere okay and the fact that king solomon at a very young age asked for wisdom to govern his people like i said abahaya was so pleased with this request that not only did he grant that request he made it so no one after him or before him was more wise than him Okay, King Solomon was very unique. Then Abba gave him riches, gave him, I mean, gave him the whole entire world was his oyster. <laughs> okay, so here we are. Fast forward. <laughs> Lord have mercy. I'm going to read 1 Kings chapter 11 verses 1 through 13. Okay, and the Bible reads, But King Solomon, our grandfather, loved many strange women together with the daughter of pharaoh so i think the daughter of pharaoh was his first wife okay i really i think so so he loved the women of the moabites the ammonites the edomites the zidonians and hittites of the nations concerning which ahia said unto the children of yashael this is what he said you shall not go into them neither shall they come in unto you for surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. Solomon clave unto these in love. Like he was just so head over heels in love with these women. 
and he had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines, and his wives turned away his heart. Now, before I begin, if any of you have read this story, you have to wonder, how was he able to please a thousand women? I mean, I don't know. I, I really want to know. Like, how was he able to please a thousand women? Okay, let me, let me keep on reading. For it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods. <laughs> Sounds familiar, don't it? And his heart was not perfect with Ahiah, his God, as was the heart of David, his father. For Solomon went after Ashtoreth, also known as Ishtar, the goddess of the Zidonians, and after Melchum, the abomination of the Ammonites, also known as Melech. And Solomon did evil in the sight of Ahiah. You guys, we couldn't imagine what kind of stuff he was doing. I mean, think about it. There's so many evil people in this world, right? Tons of evil people that do things behind closed doors. We could not imagine the evil that is being done that Ahia sees because Ahia sees everything. Don't think because you live in a house, he can't see through it. <laughs> you know, don't think because you in your car, he can't see through that car. Like Ahia sees everything. So for these people to be doing these evil things in his sight, that is just beyond my understanding. I mean, look, I'm, and I'm going to confess something. Think what you want. Don't care. When I sin, whatever it is, it can, you know, and I do it in front of the Lord. Like, I know, like, I, man, I feel so ashamed. I don't know about nobody else, but I feel so ashamed. I feel dirty i feel disgusting because i did something that was gross or you know maybe sinful in some kind of way in front of my heavenly father he saw it you know i feel ashamed and that's how we should all feel whenever we fall but the lord says that the righteous man he falls seven times but he gets back up right proverbs we have to remember that okay And went not fully after Ahiah as did David his father. Then did Solomon build a high place for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, in the hill that is before Jerusalem, and for, and for Melech, the abomination of the children of Ammon. So Solomon built altars and high places and stuff for these gods, and the Lord calls them abominations. Okay? Which means. Whatever is done to worship these gods is extremely abominable. So much so that that's what they are to Abba Ahaya. And if Abba Ahaya calls it an abomination, oh, it's pretty wicked. Real talk. And likewise did he for all his strange wives, which burnt incense and sacrificed unto their gods. And Ahaya was angry with Solomon because his heart was turned from Ahaya, god of Yashael which had appeared unto him twice. Family, how many of you desire Abba Ahaya to appear to you? I mean, I don't know if he has, but me, I desire it every day, every waking moment. You know, I just want to know that I'm doing the right thing. I just want to know that I'm on the right path. You know, 
I love Abba with all of my heart, my body, soul, and spirit. I know he's real. Can't nobody sit here and tell me he's not. I know he is. I know he is. I'm going to tell y'all a story. I'm going to get back to this. I'm going to tell y'all a story. So, as you guys know, I'm a truck driver, okay? I drive these big old 18-wheeler big rigs, all right? One winter, I was, um, for those of you in the U.S., um, you guys know about the terrain in Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Virginia, Maryland, them areas, very, very, very mountainous, okay? And I had to take a load and deliver it to Front Royal, Virginia, all right? But I was coming down from the top, Interstate 80. And that's pretty hilly in itself. Now, when you cut down, there's this interstate called Interstate 68. I don't take it very often because let me tell you something. That route right there, who is a doozy. <laughs> it really is. But I would take it when the, when, when the weather was clear, I would take it. When it's snow and ice, oh, Lord, you will be clenching your butt cheeks. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, look, I'm just trying to give y'all a little bit of, of what goes on up there. But there's this highway that you cut down, and it kind of catty corners to Winchester, Virginia, and then you get on Interstate 81 down to, I believe, it's like 16 or something, and you cut, cut over to Front Royal, okay? So I'm coming down this highway. Mind you, at that time, I wasn't as vigilant on checking the weather as I am today. You know, I was still, I was still, you know, getting into the mode of things. It was probably my second or third year into doing this. There was no snow, no nothing. Even going across the 68, which is a very mountainous, high elevation, you expect snow. There wasn't any. So I'm coming down this highway, and everything is good at first. I mean, just flowing, chilling. All of a sudden, and it was about mm, about five o'clock in the morning. People getting up, going to work. All of a sudden, I see tail lights, and then I notice the road has become icy. I was able to slow down. And I was able to come to a complete stop because traffic came to a stop because it was a really bad spot. You know what I'm saying? Really horrible spot. I went to try to accelerate a little bit, you know, to get going. Because there was an opening, and I kid you not, my tail end of my trailer, I wasn't moving, but the tail end of my trailer was. Oh, my gosh. What that indicates, in case you don't know, is a jackknife, okay? A jackknife is when the tractor and the trailer come to a 180-degree angle. We, we can't get out of that. Once you're in that angle, it's a done deal. You can't get out of that. That's called a jackknife. So my trailer is sliding. It's sliding. And I'm just like, oh, my God. You know, I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out, freaking out. I'm freaking out so bad, my leg is shaking. I know some of y'all been in that position where you, you just freak out so bad. Something, one of your limbs is shaking. My, my leg is shaking on the brake because I'm just, I'm terrified, terrified. And let me tell you something. This is how I know my God is real. I pray, I said, Lord, help me, Father, please help me, Lord, please, Father, help me, Lord, help me, help me, help me. I'm praying, you guys, I'm praying, praying, Father, please, I'm going to jackknife, please, Father, please, not right now, please, Lord, I'm praying. And let me tell you something, it just so happened I had a CB that actually worked at the time, it didn't work anymore after that, I'm trying to tell you, but 
the Lord used, look, it was me and one other truck. The rest of them were cars. The Lord used this man who also had a CD. Driver, can you hear me? Yes, I hear you. I hear you just fine. He said, look, you're on a decline. He said, put yourself in neutral. Let your vehicle coast down the hill. Stay up underneath your trailer and then put yourself in gear. That's what he said. You guys, I was so terrified. I didn't know if it would work, but let me tell you something. My Heavenly Father is so good. He literally made these people get out the way. I kid you not. They all moved. It was like he parted the Red Sea. I kid you not. I, I remember it like it was yesterday. He parted the Red Sea. The area for me to take was I had to take a leap of faith, Lord, because I had no idea what I was doing. I did exactly what that man told me to do. Let me tell you, it worked. <laughs> the Lord sent me an angel. Oh, hallelujah. The Lord sent me an angel. He sent an angel in the disguise of a truck driver to get me out of that situation. Mm, I'll never forget it because I was so scared. Ever since that moment, I think that was the turning point for me in my relationship with my Heavenly Father. Because after that, I wanted to know Him more. I didn't know how to go about knowing Him more, but I wanted to know Him more. I wanted to know who this entity is that saved me. Who is this? You know? Ahia appeared to Solomon twice. And people like me desire to see him once. And he still, Grandpa Solomon still did wicked in the sight of the Most High. Let me finish reading this, you guys. So it says, and had commanded him concerning this thing, that he should not go after other gods, but he kept not that which Ahiah commanded him. Wherefore Ahiah said unto Solomon, For as much as this is done of you, and you have not kept my covenant and my statutes, which I surely... Oh, I'm sorry, hold on. He said, which I will surely rend the kingdom from you and will give it to your servants. Notwithstanding in your days, I will not do it for David, thy father's sake, but I will rend it out of the hand of your son. Howbeit, I will not rend away all the kingdom, but will give one tribe to your son for David, my servant's sake, and for your Jerusalem's sake, which I have chosen. That right there, you guys, is the consequence of Solomon's actions. Because Solomon disobeyed the Lord when it came to these strange women. Our kingdom was split in two. Ephraim and Judah. This was the result of the disobedience of Grandpa Solomon. Not David, not even Saul. And Saul was disobedient from the beginning. You see what I'm saying? It was because of Solomon. 
our kingdom was split in half. After Solomon, there were various numbers of disobedient and evil kings in Judah. And it is, it, you know, Yashael, like, it was a domino effect. Do you see what I'm saying, family? Do you see the consequences? There are consequences for disobedience, family. Consequences. You might not see them today. That's not how the spirit realm works. In 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 Sol in Grandpa Solomon's case, it wasn't instantaneous. The judgment, no, it went on for years, and years, and years. And I'm very certain Abba Haya gave him chance after chance after chance to repent and turn away from his evil ways. But Solomon just went into pleasure mode <laughs> that's what he did he went into pleasure mode and just kept on doing wicked and more wicked things but my question is this this is what i don't understand how in the world you get two visits from the most high i mean you literally you get visits from him and you still turn away i don't understand that part you see what i'm saying saying family like how can people who have tasted the goodness of the Most High. Turn away from them. How? How is that possible? And you have people who have never really, have never seen him. But they desire to. And they work so hard to. You know? Maybe that's the point. The Lord says that the just shall live by faith. And then he also says again that a wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. So I guess in this point in time, those of us who are seeing, well, believing without seeing, okay, I think, I believe that we are the blessed generation. We're the holy generation, the generation that he's been looking for, that, he, that he's been, you know, wanting for his kingdom, which... You know, that's awesome, but it don't change the fact that I still want to see him. I would love to have a visit from him. But maybe that's the point. Because let's do a recap. When the Lord, you know, visited Yashael in the wilderness, you know, he delivered them. They still turned, in, you know, away and did wicked things. The Lord visited them all throughout their captivities and judges, and he, they still did what they did, you know. The Lord visited Solomon, and he still did what he did. So maybe there's a trend there, you know. Maybe maybe there really is a trend because when Yeshua came into the world and he preached the gospel, people didn't see, but they believed. Isn't that something? Maybe that's the point. I just not thought about that. Maybe that's the point. But anyways. I wanted to expound on our grandpa Solomon because you know he was a definition of a rolling stone. That was that was him. I mean, everywhere he laid it was his home. <laughs> That's that old school stuff, ain't it? You can tell my age. <laughs> but I'm just saying, you guys, we have to be diligent, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? The devil goes about, he's really seeking whom he may devour. And a snare and a trap is these interracial relationships because what you're doing is you're going against the most high. You really are. But in this next part that we're going to do, 
um i think it might actually be the last part we're going to expound on what happened in ezra's day Ooh, yeah that should be interesting can't wait so I thank you, family, so much for tuning in. I thank you for your time. I pray this was edifying and eye-opener. And tune in for next time with the last and final part to this series. I love you all, and I will talk to you soon. Shalom.